welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Hey, you know, when I first started my own business, there was fear. There was a lot of fear. And that is perfectly normal. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about getting over the fear of starting. And hey, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's Monday. And every Monday I meet with you and we talk about different topics to find our unique success combination. We are all in the we are all on a quest to find the right combination to make the best person we can be, the best business that we can create. And that's understanding what to to uh, keep and what to let go of. And when you understand what that is and you keep testing and finding new things, things you're going to find that right combination. So, hey, if you're listening on YouTube, welcome. And uh, if you're catching me on the replay, welcome again. Um, I've ordered a new, <laughs> a new camera, so we'll have a clear... Uh, vision in the next few weeks, but right now we're still using the uh, laptop. But nonetheless, we have a good show and I have a lot to share with you. And I hope you put your questions in the comments uh, as as I'm chatting with you and um, I will go to the q and I have some really good ones already from some folks. And I, I think that's going to be a really powerful part of this conversation. So um, if you have more to add, put them in the comments or if you're catching me on the replay, Put them in the comments there. So when I first started my first business, there was fear. And I've had a number of businesses. But one thing that I knew is that I, I, I am a horrible employee. And maybe you are too. Maybe you have not uh, had, you just feel like you need that freedom to do what you want to do, be the creative you want to be, and having someone tell you what to do uh, day after day, exactly what you have to do day after day, may be tough. But there's another part to that. I knew after having been let go of different jobs for many different reasons, um, some, many, not even my fault, just cutbacks. Um, sometimes there are personality issues, didn't connect with the, uh, maybe the owner, the manager, that, that happens too. But I knew that if I wanted a, well, if I, if I wanted security, I had to create that security. It wasn't going to come from other people. Now, there's nothing wrong when starting your business to have a part-time job or another source of income. And quite honestly, I highly recommend it because it will give you the support you need and the income flow that you need to help one take some of that anxiety off the table, maybe some of that fear, maybe a little stability. And if you, it's a type of job that if you lose the job, you just go find another one. It's not the career part of your job and the career part of your day. So I've done that. I've sold furniture uh, in the early days. I've uh, worked, I, I tried to create and find jobs that were related to my business. So I've worked on staff, even part-time for newspapers, multiple newspapers through the years. And 
even at one time, I was just delivering lunches for people, you know, from a restaurant. I've done many different things, and I bet you have too. What are some of the things you've done? I look forward to reading those in the comments. Put them in the comments. Tell me what you have done. I, I want to see. And uh, I think we've all come up with many different side jobs through the years and helping to reduce that fear. But here's the thing. Once you develop your career, once you start, once you get going, the security is much greater than if you, well, if you just uh, depended on somebody else for that job. Um, I have a friend who has been starting for about 10 years, and he keeps starting, and he's starting over. The key is to just start. You have to begin the process. One of the keys to all of this, whatever your dream is, you have this fear, you have to start by doing something and you have to start. There is no perfect time, ever. Never a perfect time. You just have to start. Get going because a lot of times our fear comes from not knowing what will happen next. Sometimes, and this is the case of some of my friends, and more than one, we have that need to be independent. And we have that need of not wanting other people to control us. And that's why we go off on our own. Unfortunately, we feel like if things start working out, then that will start to control us. So we don't work hard enough to do what we need to do. In other words, if we get too many clients, if we get too many calls, if we get too busy, it's the same thing as having a job and I don't want all that controlling me. Well, guess what? That is gonna probably happen to a certain level, but there are things you can do to minimize that and to improve upon that, but you're not gonna make a living doing what you need to do if you don't have that much work in many ways, unless you get to a level, and many of us can down the road, where we can work less and charge more. And that's certainly a goal that we can go after and build up to. But that fear of not knowing of what is next is a big barrier. But the problem is you have to go through the entire process. And if you're a creative or if you have an entrepreneurial idea, and you want to get it out there, you have to go through the process of developing that idea, pitching that idea, pulling on the customer, and going through the process of following up, going through the entire process of a sense of a sale. Why is that important? Because if you don't go through the process of your new idea, you, will, you, you won't know what to fix. You won't know what is wrong. You won't know how to do it better. Sometimes people make this huge mistake of trying to figure it out before they actually start. Make sure everything is in place. Now, there is nothing wrong with preparing. Nothing at all wrong with preparing, but you need to set that deadline. I'm going to set as much up as I can for the, let's say you put in two weeks notice or you go part-time somewhere, or whatever it may be. I, I'm going to give myself two weeks to prepare as much as I can, but then I'm going. And then you go. You can't wait. It will not happen. That perfection will not happen. I promise. I promise you. It never does. So go through that, pro that process. 
figure out what is working, what is not, and then you can make those adjustments. And that, that's what's going to get you there. And those who don't, won't. And, and I have a friend who had a great idea. He had a, a book publishing idea. And it was a smart idea. I liked what he had to do, uh, what he wanted to do in the publishing industry. And we went through the process. We talked about it for a couple of weeks. And I give him credit. He started the business. But he didn't go through the process himself to see what the full process is like. In other words, he was looking for other people to go through the process and he would guide them through. But he was not going through the process of publishing and some of the other things related to the business. He was not going through that. So ultimately, he had to let the business go. And, and, I, and I talked to him and I said, why, you know, why didn't you go through that process? I said, well, I thought I would learn from other people's mistakes along the way. And you can learn from other people's mistakes. But when you are taking the risks, I think you're really going to absorb the lessons a little bit better. There is a big you know, mantra these days, you know, fail and fail often and fail big. And there is nothing wrong with that to a point, but that can't be your life. <laughs> you have to learn from those mistakes, fail, but don't fail and do that again. You know, fail to, to learn and continue to guide yourself to the right direction. You know, when I first started my first podcast, I, I, I pushed a button and nobody was there. You know, I uploaded that audio. Nobody was there. Nobody was listening. Maybe a few family members, but that was it. And, you know, sometimes we, and there were some conversations at the time. What about, what if people don't like what you have to say? What if, what if there are people who say mean things to you? Maybe they don't like your voice. Maybe they don't like your ideas. Maybe they don't like the way you present things. And, and I thought about it for a while. And some of the people who are the hardest on us when we're trying to build our own company, develop our own dream of what we want to do, some of those people come in the form of friends and family as our loudest critics. And it's very possible. But they're doing it out of usually, usually caring because they want to see the best for you. Sometimes not. They're all types of family members. But the people who go around and troll, that's the word, and go from place to place and say mean things to people, well, those people I don't care about, and neither should you. Don't worry about what they may say, people you don't know. Think about the person who would actually take the time to be mean to a stranger. Think about it. That person probably has bigger problems, <laughs> to be quite honest. Think about it. They probably have a lot bigger problems if, if they're going around and they're probably very sad people. It has nothing to do with you. They're very sad people because they're going around trolling and talking you know, trash to people that they don't even know. So I don't worry about them. There's sometimes that I will follow up and encourage them. You know, sometimes someone will come up, you know, comment on one of my videos and let me know how horrible it is. 
And I'll let them know, well, thank you for the feedback. And let me get to that point in a moment, because that is important. Your critics are important for that alone. But thank you for the feedback. And I'm looking forward to your version. <laughs> you know, I, I can't wait to see your version, your better version, the way it should be done. And, and just give some kind of encouraging or I'm sorry you feel that way. Let me know what I can do better, you know, or how can I support you or something like that. And just turn it around. And sometimes people say, oh, I'm so sorry. And it has happened more than once, you know, especially if you reach out to them, because obviously we know we have a secret. We already know that they're unhappy because unhappy people, happy people don't go around doing that. So we have an advantage of knowing who they are and maybe we can pull them in. It has happened more than once. But sometimes people are just rude and then just let them go. They'll let them follow up and be rude and then you let it go and you don't talk to them again. So finding the, the, the people who have criticism of you is, um, oh, hey, we got a great comment coming in. And I'll, I'll follow up. That's a good point. Um, just kind of uh, reinforcing what we're saying. Uh, Harley, thank you. Um, Finding those critics that, that really, you know, put your feet to the fire, who do it out of in a sense of maybe tough love, they're good. They're good for you. But you only have to take so much. I mean, honestly, some people go overboard. I've gone overboard towards other people trying to support them. And people have gone overboard towards me trying to support me. And sometimes you have to take control and say enough. I'm getting the point. I got it. I got, I got the point. Thank you. But learning from those critics, especially, more importantly, if you see a trend. In other words, people keep responding to what you were doing over and over again with a very similar idea or thought that maybe you need to try to do something different. Now, in some cases, you know, maybe you have a disability. Maybe... I can't grow hair again. Maybe they'd say, you know what? The shine on your head. Well, maybe there's something I can do, but you know, there's a, there's a point you can't, then you just have to understand that sometimes, and think about this, some of the best people out there that we remember are the people that aren't really that perfect, are they? They're people that have a little something wrong with them or different about them. They're unique in their own way. And it, it you, so embrace that who you are. So if you embrace your critics, embrace them and, you know, just say, yeah, okay, I'm going to think about that. Interesting. And if you few more people, I'm going to think about, you know what, I'm going to make that part of who I am, but I'm going to own it. And it's not going to be a failure. I'm going to own it. I'm bald. <laughs> I'm going to own it. Or maybe I have trouble um, presenting something in a certain way, but you know, the, the points there. I mean, there's there so many ways you can approach, um, whether it's physical or, or, you know, the way you present things. Um, you know, maybe in some cases, there is a certain platform or type of business you are not right for. Maybe you want to start a business uh, that, you know, you need a certain skill level for to really succeed at. You know, if you need to be a good salesperson and you're just not willing to let some things go to get out there and shake those hands and meet the people and network the way you need to, 
that's the point where sometimes you can take back that fear a little bit by partnering with other people and partnering with people who can you can support. You have some great ideas and you have some people who can support you with those great ideas and you can work together as a team. Some of us are very independent. Some of us need a team. Either way, there's nothing wrong with it. Just understand who you are and understand your limitations and you will be fine. You will be fine. Okay, so a couple of questions. I have a few questions that came in. And if you have questions, please put them in the comments. Uh, but I want to mention Harley. Harley said, yeah, I, I give trolls the benefit of the doubt at first and, and kill them with kindness. You know what? Nothing. There is no troll out there who is, one, expecting you to kill them with kindness. And that's probably the worst thing you could do to them in their opinion. It's the right thing to do because why waste your time and energy getting mad, allowing them to get you mad? That's what they're trying to do. They're unhappy people, unhappy people who are looking for company. And if you can reverse that, awesome. If you can't, they're going to go away. If, if they just don't like all that kindness, they're going to find somebody they can get into a fight with. So that's, that's just the way it's going to work. Um, I, I, I've talked about this story one time before. I had somebody on my blog who was um, – I, I wrote about – oops. I wrote about a um, – a, let's see. It was a, some software. It was a, a social software. And she came in and we started talking about the software and how she didn't like it and that how there's a whole bunch of men there. And she didn't like the men there and that she had been harassed. And it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, that that's horrible that they would act that way. I, I certainly don't condone that. And I try to be supportive. And and then she came back with some other things. Say, yeah, but you need, you know, to, to not like them or not, you know, to really just get hard-nosed with you know, them and, and tell them what they should be. In other words, involving me in her request. And, and then and I gave her a little more support, but then she started accusing me. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. I'm not, I'm just supporting you. I'm just here supporting you, hearing you out, you know, whatever. And, and I guess I wasn't doing enough. And she kept going and she got madder. And I'm like, you know, I just have a feeling you're going around starting fights with people. Now, you know, those people that you're talking about may have been mad, but I'm start, you know, treating you rudely, but I'm starting to see, you know, maybe why, because <laughs> you're, you're not, there's not much rational. If I said something, it would be, it become very sexist. I mean, it would just be a little thing and all. So, you know what, I'm, you know, the, the, you know what, the best thing you can possibly do when there's this kind of a argument or someone who is just not, you know, it's just to stop, stop the process and, and stop the conversation. It was something like that. And, and it's kind of a, kind of a lesson, you know, comment. I just, you know, the best, the best thing to do when we get into situations like this is just to let it go. And I stopped and she commented a couple of times and it was really rude, you know, and, and, but, but it was just her just being rude. Those last few comments and eventually she stopped and she left. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, one, you know, nobody should ever be rude to other people in that way. And obviously there were people who were engaging her, which is, you know, you're just as bad. The people who engaged her and were continuing that fight and were feeling like they're going to just pound her down. It's just proving her point wherever she is 
in the, in, you know, this whole, whatever quest she was after, you know, you don't know. So just let that go. Um, Anyway, let's get into the um, the questions here. I, I took a little sidetrack there. Our, our main focus is the fear. And I, and I think that if you just embrace who you are and understand, here's an important point. Here's, I think, probably the most important point. 20 minutes in, but I think this is probably the most important point. Nobody is you. Nobody has your voice. We have a lot of photographers who follow this show. Nobody has your eye. And so you have, you know, the competition out there is only you and making you better as often as the best you can be and the amount of effort you do to make your business better, to make you better and continuous. Don't worry about so much the competition. Understand that they're there. Be inspired by other people who you might consider competition, but, but don't, don't fear them. Don't worry about them. Just, you know, keep, keep yourself focused and keep doing the best you can possibly do and be. And you know what? Sometimes we have to pivot. Sometimes we have decided that, okay, I've given myself one year to try this business out. And that's okay. You know, that, like I mentioned in the beginning, have kind of a part-time job to keep things flowing. You're, you're much better off working from strength, being able to re, you know, pay your bills, and be able to maybe invest in your business a little bit more when your business is falling short on some months. It always happens, um, especially in the beginning, but give yourself that year and then make a determination after you've gone through those processes and you've learned. Okay, so the question answers here, here's the first one. I have about five questions here. And if you have questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, what about people who say you can't do it? Now, obviously that's something that we just we just talked about, in, and I think, again, it depends on who it is, family and friends. What's your history with that person? Is that person always saying you can't do it? Or is this one situation where they're concerned? I knew that I was on the right direction in my photography career when my mom told me to go get a real job. <laughs> when she told me that, this was in my 20s, I had gone to school, my degree was in photography, I'm out there and I wasn't making a lot of money at the time. Um, and she said, you know, you probably just need to go get a real job. And I'm thinking, I have a real job. I'm a photographer. I, I, anyway, so, but the point being, I, I took it as that. I took that as a badge of honor rather than sulking saying my mom doesn't believe in me. Just take us a badge of honor and say, you know what? Probably every great person had a mom who said, go get a real job. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> or a dad or, or a family member. But ultimately, my, my, my mom has always been supportive of me. But if it's somebody in your family, an uncle, aunt, or brother or sister who's always beating you down, well, then that's when you turn the earplugs and you put them in your ears and move forward and look for constructive criticism elsewhere. Okay, what if you don't have the money? That's a really good question, and that sometimes is a fear. You know, you should probably decide, okay, one, how long can you last if you stopped right now? If you were fired, let's say you have a job and you were fired, and you're thinking about this great, how long can you last right now? You know, what would you do? So, oh, good, more questions coming in, um, and I'll get to them after I get through a couple of these. Um, I, I would say, put write it all down. Remember I mentioned before, 
you start, you can prepare. Some of us really need to prepare and dig deep. Some of us are more detail-oriented than others, and some of us were so in <laughs> detail-oriented that they don't ever start. But put that timeline down, but also say, look, okay, I need to make a certain amount of money to put aside before I can go part-time or find another job. I understand that too, especially if you have a family. I understand that. I get that. Now, if you don't have a family, if you're 20-something, you know, without a family, I, go for it. You know, don't, don't get, get that part-time job and just do it. If you don't have dependents, but if you have dependents, then maybe you want to be a little more, um, just to understand that it's going to bring stress into the family. So um, I remember during the Great Recession, um, during the Great Recession, uh, it was, it was, spring of 2009. And my photography certainly took a big hit, all advertising. I'm in Detroit. Detroit took a big hit. Everything was down. And I looked at my wife at the time and said, you know, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go create one. I'm going to find one. I'm going to get, and I did. It was scary. I knew what I had to do. I had a, I had a, a target list of three clients that I knew who might be able to use my services in some way as a marketing consultant. And I, uh, I knocked on those doors and actually the first one said, yeah, let's do it. Now I didn't get paid a full-time wage for an entire year. I continued to photograph. I continued to do the work that I was doing. And this, you know, account, we started building the account and I was able to take on projects that brought some income in. But as far as a regular sale, it took a year. But I prepared for that. I took the risk and I made my own job within this other company. And sometimes that's a good way to go about that. Uh, but anyway, I mean, if you don't have the money, you should plan it out to a point. If you have dependents, you know, yes, plan it out a little bit more but you still have to get to that starting point. You still have to go through the process to know what you need to fix and make it better. Let me chime into here, let's see. Um, Felipe, uh, um, Felipe, yeah, Felipe, uh, let's see. I'm terrified of making cold calls and I'm not quite sure how to approach it, but perhaps sending emails first and working up to a cold call may make more sense. Um, good, good question. Good thought. And yeah, I hate them too. <laughs> I think some people are thrive on them. Some don't, you know what I often will do is I will, I I've had to make cold calls with various positions through the years. I would often call somebody I know first, I would call a friend or a, a client that I already have. And get the get the ball rolling. Get get myself in there. Okay. And when I'm done with this, and not not all afternoon or all morning, but just say, hey, you know, I just want to check in, say hello, how is everything? Great, wonderful. You know, put the phone down and dial the next number. And hey, one of the best things you can do, you know, obviously networking can be very helpful when starting a business. Um, partnering with other companies is very helpful when starting a business. Now, maybe somebody has strengths that you don't have. But one of the things when networking, I, I find that, look, when I get a card from somebody and I exchange, I think there's a connection here. The best thing you could do when you call, you could just say, hey, I'm following up. 
You can also do what you're saying. Now, obviously, there are laws now related to, especially in the European Union, but it's slowly moving our way that you, even if somebody gives you a, their, their card, that doesn't mean you can call them or email them. You have to get permission. And so if you're not in that situation, maybe you're in a situation in the United States, I, I could just email somebody. I mean, I, you can't spam a whole list of a thousand people, but hey, this is somebody I want to get to know. Um, maybe connect with them on LinkedIn first. Find them on social first and, and spend a couple you know, time maybe retweeting, sharing, asking questions um, related to what they're doing. And and if it seems to be a fit or there seems to be a connection, they seem to be open. Hey, would you mind if I give you a call or take you to coffee and we can talk about how we can work together? There are so many different ways in which we can connect with people today than we've ever been able to before. So find a system that is comfortable for you. And some salespeople have they do the networking first and they follow up with an email and then maybe a phone call or a, another meeting. Some people just dive right into those phone calls and that, that's fine. Fewer and fewer people just answer those phone calls. It's rare that I actually answer my phone if I don't recognize the number. So, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I would take advantage of social media first, warm things up, get your name in front of them so you're not a total stranger, even if it's lukewarm you're going to find some advantages in that process. So great question. And, and something that I know a lot of people uh, struggle with when trying to find um, ways to grow their business. Um, I Again, I think networking partnerships and things like that are, are very powerful. Here's another question. Um, when is the right time? Uh, you know, we, we, of course, these are a number of these questions we've addressed, but to the point, there's no perfect time ever. So go back to the drawing board and make sure that you feel that there, you know, you have an idea, test it out first on a small scale. You don't have to quit your job for your great idea. You can create prototypes and then have people try it out. If it's software, create your own software. If it's a product, you're an inventor, create your own invention. Or have, there are so many ways you can make prototypes now from various uh, locations around the world. China is very well known for, the, I've not gone through this, so I'm not going to try and pretend that I can walk you through this. But there, I, I do know people who actually have prototypes made in China. Um, and, the, you know, I, I'm in Detroit. There are tool and die shops and things like that all around here. Uh, but in some cases, it's pretty darn expensive. So you have to look around and maybe you can find some kind of prototype or test out the service that you have an idea for on the weekend or with just a few people. Talk to them. What do you think? Would you Do you like this? Now, when you have those conversations, don't just ask them if they like the idea. Ask them would they pay for it. And you might even, just to see the reaction, if you're talking about it and you say, you know, you really like this idea, great, I have it all set up. Would you like to buy it right now? <laughs> see the reaction and then ask them once you say, once the shock is off their face, you can step back and say, I was just kidding, but what were you feeling? What was your objection? 
why were you not ready to? Or if they had their wallet in hand, you know, purse was open, whatever it may be, then, you know, why is it that you really want this now? So those are some things to consider. There's never a perfect time, but you got to start. And as I mentioned, go through the process. And there are a number of ways to do it. Starting small and scaling can work out very well. Make sure there's a market for what you are. There's a lot of great ideas out there that nobody's willing to pay for. So you have to remember that too. Uh, how do you know if it's right for you to go out on your own? And and that, that's a serious question you need to consider, you need to ask yourself. Because there are people, and I know people, and you do too, who honestly are just worker bees. And, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. They work hard and they get satisfaction by working hard and doing a good job. And, and at the end of the day, they don't want to worry about the business. They don't want to worry about anything. They want to come in, do their job, do it really well, and go home to their family. And that is what they like. And quite honestly, we need folks who find that value in what they're doing. If that's you, if you feel you need someone to tell you what to do and always guide you, it may not be right for you to do it on your own. You may need to, you know, at the minimum, partner with people who, who need your skills but can run the show. And you can certainly be high up in the overall uh, of developing the company but you need, you need to have a set, a plan in front of you that you can follow and do the job well. So that's one of the things I would consider. Are you the worker bee or are you out there continuously, you know, on the forefront, you know, confident? Um, and, you know, there's always fear. There's always fear. I mean, you know, my business is going really well, but we could have recession and things could get, you know, could get ugly. You know, it's very possible. I mean, we're just, hey, this economy's long in the tooth. I mean, it's, it, could, it could happen. Uh, but, you know, you need to prepare yourself and continue to prepare and know that you can, you're going to come out of it and maybe new ideas will come out of it. Okay, how long? This is the last question. Uh, and if there are more questions, and I'll certainly answer questions in the comments uh, for those of you who are watching this on the replay. How long should you give this? Because often we fear, you know, how, you know, it, what if I do this too long? What if I, you know, just waste my time for years and go, down, go nowhere with my ideas? I would say give it a solid year because every, every month has its own season, its own character. And you need to go through it. I, I actually, I talk about this with dating and I, I, I'm, uh, I'm happily married. But uh, when, when I remember when I was uh, in my 20s, I, uh, I, I didn't get married till I was 31. And, and uh, I, my rule was this, you know, to really understand before I would ask somebody to marry me, I, I, was, I said, I, I have to go through the whole year, the whole, know all the seasons of that relationship. And I think it's the same thing with your business. There are ups and downs in everything that you do, whether it's creating software, whether it's photography or writer, uh, whether it's starting your own YouTube channel or whatever it may be, there are seasons that you have to go through and understand. And that way, 
when you're going through it a second time, first of all, at the end of the year, you can look back and say, okay, this is where I succeeded. This is where I failed. Here's what I can fix. And now moving forward through the next year, I, I, I know what to do. And you can see things coming a little clearer because quite often, especially if you're a freelancer, if you're a freelance person, um, you know, all of us go through the, the moments of nobody is ever going to call me again. I'm done. You know, I was actually listening to Seth Godin the other day and he was on a podcast and he said exactly that about his speaking. You know, he goes through the cycles and, you know, he'll have tons of speaking gigs and then he might go a month without someone speaking, you know, asking him to speak. And so someone will call, say he'll take it, whatever the deal, because no one wants him anymore or his last one. I mean, I'm sure everybody has their moments and their cycles. And, and, and honestly, you know, it, we all have the ups and downs. It, it's not a straight line up. It never is. So be prepared for that. Don't fear those downward moments. One thing I want to also stress, especially when it comes to fear and your business, and this is a big one, and it is about the money. It's just something my friend Dean and I used to talk about on our podcast many years ago called Prosperous Artists. This was mid-2000s. And we would say, don't fear the red. And that's meaning don't fear when your business is in the red. It could happen, especially in the beginning. It could be a month. But a lot of times we just bury our head in the sand. Rather than looking at what is the red and what is causing it, you say, well, I'm not getting any business. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. That, that can be the case. But there are things that you can do. Understanding that you are and how deep it is and what you need to do to get out of it. In other words, if you are, just sake of argument, $5,000 in debt, well, now you know you're $5,000 in debt. There's a big difference to, between understanding you're $5,000 in debt and that you are in debt. Because knowing you're in debt is just fearful. When you say I have five thousand dollars, five hundred one hundred, excuse me, five thousand one hundred thirty-two dollars and sixty-three cents in debt, now you've taken control of it. Now you know exactly what it is, and that you know if I applied a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, whatever it is, or if I have a big project coming, I can pare this down or restructure that debt. In other words, you're tackling it. You're acknowledging it. And that, okay, to get rid of this, I need five more customers. That's what it's going to take. I'm, I'm, maybe you're underwater every single month. What will it take to get you out of that? Well, knowing that you need three more customers a month or two more projects to get you out of that. Now you have something to focus on. Too many times we focus on, hey, we have to make a million dollars. No, we just need to make $1 more than we need for our expenses and income. That's all we need to make. And you're a success. You're a successful business owner. If, if you, doesn't matter how much you make. If you make, you know, you set a salary, sake of argument, we'll, we'll keep it a, an American standard of, $50,000, okay? And then the expenses of your business are $50,000. That's $100,000. And so if you make, um, honestly, if you make any money that takes you into paying you a salary of some sort, I'd say that's pretty good because you're paying all the bills. But let's say you really want to feel successful. Okay, you're making 
$101,000. Perfect. Great. You're a success. You, and you can take that $1,000 and take it as a bonus, you know, take a small vacation, buy something for the family or reinvest in your company. But you have, you have succeeded. And that's the kind of success that keeps us going and growing. And rather than these lofty goals, doesn't mean in the long term you can't reach it. Doesn't mean in the back of your head that's ultimately where I want to go. But just keep competing against yourself and growing against yourself, and you're going to find you're going to find some great opportunities. And keep testing, you know, keep testing. All right, last last couple seconds here. Any any questions as I'm in the process of wrapping this up? You can catch my podcast on, of course, SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher Radio, here on YouTube, you can catch me live every Monday, usually four o'clock, depending on if I have a client meeting or a job, I I may switch that, but I'm making it every Monday. And you can, of course, listen to the podcast. And it's great to have you guys here. Thank you so much for your questions. It's always good to have some uh, thoughts and some uh, another voice in this conversation, I do appreciate those of you who want to catch me on Twitter at Rosh Sillers and ask questions of me there. That's a great way also to connect. And of course, right here on YouTube, I always enjoy answering your questions here. Be sure to subscribe as always. If you thought this was valuable, please give it a like, a thumbs up. I do appreciate those too. And hey, we'll talk to you next time. You have a great week. Thank you for the thumbs up. <laughs>